Hello and welcome to Bright Wings, children's books to make the heart soar. I am your host, Charity Hill. The purpose of this conversation is to help mothers and fathers identify books that will liberate their children to embrace truth, goodness, and beauty. Well, hello, hello. It's been a while, but I have not forgotten you. Dear listener, I have been busy hiking with 11th graders uh, through Plato's Republic, Richard II, and Henry IV. We we managed to make our way through Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics and Aquinas' Questions on Happiness from the Summa. And today we just discussed the first book of Augustine's Confessions. So I have been busy and reading and teaching <laughs> Oh my goodness. So intensely. But I've also been reading middle grade fiction. And I've, um, so I haven't forgotten you. I have just simply been unable to gather any other thoughts. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't want to record if I'm not thoughtful. So um, there you have it. That's, that's what I've been up to since my last podcast. I hope that um, you have been finding good books for your children. Um, I wanted to just let you know a little bit what has been happening and then uh, share with you that my students and I, in fact, the whole high school in January, we read Victor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning and an article by Robert Speyman called Education as an Introduction to Reality. Now, the whole school actually kind of stops, well, the whole high school uh, stops and spends an entire day doing what we call symposium, where we gather as high school students, we break them up um, into mixed grades uh, groups to discuss what they've read. Prior to the big discussion day, they've had a chance to write in preparation for their conversations with each other. Also, a beautiful thing that's included in this day of reflection, besides good food, or pretty good food, is that the high school teachers, uh, the literature teachers in the high school were asked to give talks to model for the students um, their own kind of uh, panel presentations. We teachers were asked to select a theme that pertained to one of the readings and unpack it for our students. Now, it might sound a little funny to you, but my students have been reading such heavyweight things all year that the article by Speyman and Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning, they found them very readable. They found them very approachable. So if you haven't read them, I really encourage you to give it a go, to dive into them yourself. They're, they're genuinely, I, I, I tell you, they really are approachable. Perhaps you've never heard of Robert Speyman before. That's not surprising. He's not, not all... Not even half of his work, I think, is translated into English. He was a German philosopher who focused on bioethics and ecology and human rights. He was born in 1927 and lived through World War II as a young man, and he was an outsider to Nazism. This article of his that we read, it's called Education as an Introduction to Reality. It's a six or six to eight page article of his, which was a speech that he gave in the 1980s at a German foster home for neglected, abused or orphaned children. One of the critiques that's raised against this children's home is that the it's just such a lovely place, such a good place, such a different place that this children's home is such an oasis that the people who are running it are not teaching the children to, quote, live in reality. And so Speyman begs the question, 
what is reality? What does it mean to live in reality? What is the most really real? Then the other text by Viktor Frankl, I, I, I do believe Viktor Frankl and Robert Spayman, actually their lives overlapped and they perhaps even met each other. Um, a lot of their concerns were very similar. Um, as you may remember or have heard, Viktor Frankl was a psychologist who had been mentored by Freud, who was taken prisoner and survived multiple prison camps under the Nazi regime. And his witness, his testimony has a kind of incontrovertible truth. I'm going to share with you the speech that I gave to the high school. Uh, I raised the question that Robert Spayman deals with, which is, what is really real? And I, I use Viktor Frankl's testimony to answer it. I can only tell you that I love, love speaking to young people of this age. And some people like jumping out of airplanes or driving race cars I love public speaking and I love taking a hot question from an audience live. <laughs> so I hope that this will be an opportunity for you to share in my joy of that day. And I also hope that you have some familiarity with these texts. If you haven't read um, the Robert Spayman article, I'm linking it in the show notes so that uh, you can either read it before or after <laughs> you hear my speech. Cynicism or hope a stance that conditions action. The critics of the St. Raphael Children's Home say that the kind of education the children at the home receive does not prepare them for reality. Now, the educational conditions of the home emphasize unconditional love, minimal technology, common work, celebration, and worship. But the critics shake their heads and say, you're just not living in reality. I wonder... If you have ever been confronted by a similar critique, oh, you go to that school? <laughs> Truth? Goodness? Beauty? Are you living in a bubble? When are you going to face reality? The truths which Viktor Frankl and Robert Spayman highlight are not only philosophical, they are certainly experiential. They raise questions which demand an answer with our lives. In this same spirit, I want to examine our philosophical assumptions because these assumptions impact our actual experience. These critics, both Spemans and yours, make an assumption about reality when they object that unconditional love, common work, goodness, and truth, that such things aren't a preparation for what is really real. What do they assume? Surely they assume that reality must be something hard and unpleasant. The critics assume a stance of cynicism. What is cynicism? At the center of cynicism is the stance of Freud, who claims that, quote, reality is the resistance that man encounters in his pursuit of pleasure. That is to say, reality resists me. Reality is opposed to me. I must Rest my happiness, that is, my pleasure, from reality. Education would then fit you to fight, finagle, or fool reality into pleasing you. And when you meet with the inevitable failure to make reality correspond to your desire, the other part of education would mean teaching you to, quote, 
get used to disappointment. It would teach you to get comfortable with despair. But let me explain why cynicism is a circular and self-fulfilling assumption. As a perspective and a stance, it conditions what we see. If you expect bad things to happen, not only will they happen, but you'll see them as confirmation that you were right. That of course that bad thing happened because reality is, after all, a rather nasty place. Is there a reasonable alternative to cynicism? What is the alternative? Not naivety. Perhaps optimism. But there must be yet another word. We must hunt for this alternative word and way. And what we are looking for must be more reasonable, more grounded in reality than cynicism. What we're looking for has to account for more than cynicism does if it is going to be a genuine alternative, right? After all, Spemann claims that in the face of the critics that, quote, what distinguishes the children's home from other homes is not that it hides from reality, but that it has more reality. It has greater possibilities to experience reality. We must note that the logic of cynicism cannot account for exceptions to its rule. Cynicism cannot account for goodness. If something is good or pleasant, cynicism says that it must be because they are selling something. If something good happens, it's only temporary. So to be more grounded in reality, the theory must be able to account for more than cynicism does. Viktor Frankl, of all people, proposes just such an alternative theory in disagreement with his mentor Freud. He tells of those who suffered all the horrors of concentration camp life, who lived with a nobility that was yet greater than the great suffering there. How does Frankel, who survived several concentration camps, arrive at this unique claim? Frankel relates how he meditated on a particular quote from Dostoevsky. Quote, there is only one thing that I dread, not to be worthy of my sufferings. End quote. Frankel explains how he came to understand this quote and how it illuminated his observations. He says, these words frequently came to my mind after I became acquainted with those martyrs whose behavior in camp, whose suffering and death bore witness to the fact that the last inner freedom cannot be lost. It can be said that they were worthy of their sufferings. The way they bore their suffering was a genuine inner achievement. If there is a meaning in life at all, then there must be a meaning in suffering. Here, in the midst of suffering, lies the chance for a man either to make use of or to forego the opportunities of attaining the moral values that a difficult situation may afford him. And this decides whether he is worthy of his sufferings or not. Frankel does not claim that reality is a threat, but claims that reality is an opportunity to become great of soul. If cynicism's posture toward reality assumes reality is a threat, 
Frankel's posture assumes that reality contains within it an abiding opportunity for positive meaning. Frankel proposes that suffering in particular raises unique opportunities for nobility. What is a word that means an abiding opportunity for positive meaning? Hope. Hope seems the right word. Hope, which appears a weak word, a thing of feathers, accounts for more of reality than cynicism. Reality is a gift, as Spemann proposes, and a task, as Frankl emphasizes. You did not make it. You did not make yourself. But here you are, all at once, all you are, your possibilities and limitations, the opportunities and limitations of this time in history, you did not choose and cannot control. All you have, your blessings and your sufferings, are entrusted to you and placed into your hands. What will you make of it? Please feel encouraged to rely on Frankel's insight that any circumstances can be opportunities to grow in greatness of soul. Again, I just want to let you know I've posted the link to the Spemann article in the show notes and a link as well if you would like to purchase uh, through my uh, bookshop website a copy of Man's Search for Meaning. <music>